Thank you for joining us for our annual Arby's shareholders meeting. We're very excited to present our financial gains to you all. Next up is the earnings report from Minnesota. We're expecting big profits from the region in response to our latest promotion with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Get this. It's called, We Have the Threes, and we only give out free sandwiches when the Wolves make 13 threes in a game. The Timberwolves hitting 13 threes. There's no way we can lose money here. Uh, sir, uh, we actually have a big problem. <laughs> oh, what's, what's the problem? Well, his name is Malik Beasley. Welcome to episode 152 of Wolf's Cast, the show that is looking forward to the D'Angelo Russell sideline fits. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're back. I'm missing Arby's. I have... I used to have it a lot when I was going into the office at work because it was in the Skyway, and you get you know some of that happy hour time where you get those one dollar sliders. Love the sliders; they're so good. <laughs> and I haven't had it since quarantine because Meg's not a big fan, you know. And it's not like she's going out of town, so I'll have a night where I'm like, Meg's not around, time to get Arby's, you know. And so, yeah, just haven't had Arby's for a while, so I'm missing it a little bit. I How do you ate, feel about Arby's, Neil? I ate a lot of Arby's like in high school and just after high school. Uh, Five for five. The five for five. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know Robert with an H, or uh, yeah, Rob with an H. Uh, good co-host Robert here. You, him and I would hit it up all the time. We were both, uh, you know, working in Apple Valley at the time, and we'd always just slide by the slide by the Arby's and uh, you know get uh, you, you, you mix and match for your five. Yeah. You know, so I believe I would usually get uh, three roast beef sandwiches, one mozzarella sticks, and one um, shake, Jamocha shake, of course. Jamocha shake, that's where yep. it was at, totally. Yep. And get a cup for water. Uh, did you ever did you ever go with the, with the five, Scott? And what was your order? What'd you get? Yeah, no, I was I was with the five a lot. I would I'd definitely get two roast beefs. I'd usually get fries. I'm a big curly fries fan. Oh, yeah. But also, yeah, the mozz, mozz sticks and the Jamocha shake. You know, it's the only flavor to go with, Jamocha. <laughs> There you go. Welcome to Arby's cast, everybody. We're here. We're promoting Arby's. You know, they Please have sponsor those... us, Arby's. I'm yeah. sorry, Malik Beasley hates you. <laughs> he's on a he's on a mission to ruin Arby's single handedly. Yeah, he's just he's just filling it up. And I wonder if he every time he hits it, he's like keeping track in his mind of oh of yeah how, of, of how many. Uh, <laughs> That's how you see like one game he has like seven threes and another he has like three. It's because he's keeping track of the team total threes. You know. That's right. He'll do whatever he ta- it takes to get us up to thirteen. He had a, he had quite a shooting week. He uh, I think he hit twenty one threes in the past four games. Wow, he is uh, yeah, he's ripping it right now, and and uh, yeah, that's uh, you know as we'll talk later, he, maybe he'll uh, be able to find himself in the in the three point shootout this year. He's amongst the league leaders, so you know we'd like to see him over there. But yeah, we'll talk about that. We got we got a lot to get to here on the show, of course. Appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, we'll have a week recap where we uh, talk about all the games that happened this week. Uh, and then in full court press, we got to get to uh, the Angel Russell injury and uh, Ricky Rubio uh, playing better as well um, in that in that time. Uh, we have a sponsor. We're going to get to worried, not worried. You know, we, a lot, lots happened recently, and we got to find out uh, how worried we are. Uh, and we'll have weekly Wolfies and a game. So that's all happening on this episode. And uh, today, Scott and I are recording remotely. Today, we're doing a little break and... Uh, you know, we are in our separate homes here in South Minneapolis, so if you hear a little bit of a difference, that is why, but we're giving you the same same great show regardless of that, so hopefully, hopefully the hope- audio quality all works out. <laughs> I'm having a hard time because I, 
using this mic that's still kind of new. I've only used it a handful of times, but the yeah. windscreen on it smells really good. So I'm trying not to like <laughs> have that, you know, sniffing just sound sniffing. come through. Yeah. Man, yeah. I just want to smell this mic. It smells so yeah. good. I was uh, just going to say that, you know, and so hopefully the audio quality doesn't stink. I was listening to a brand new Timberwolves podcast uh, recently. It's oh. fairly new. It's called, uh, I'm looking for it now, The Legs Feed the Wolf or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tip to Tap. No, I, I was listening to that, and uh, I'll have more to talk about in a future episode about uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. But it was called like the Legs Feed the Wolf uh, podcast, but there's a sound in the back that's like a clicking sound that happens like every couple seconds. Huh. And it's just like, oh, I remember my first uh, my first season with the podcast where we sometimes ran into audio issues. We always try to avoid those here on Wolvescast. So hopefully even remotely, we're bringing you some of the better audio quality you'll find on a podcast. Yeah, it can be hard. It can be hard to get get it all ironed out, get the troubleshooting right, so that it's not, uh, you know, I don't know. There's lots of lots of things can go wrong with audio. It's uh, it's a delicate dance. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And like so. the 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 shared tale of all podcasters. Every you're not a podcaster until you accidentally delete an entire episode that you've recorded. Yep, and you got to ha- and you got to sa- you know let everybody know sadly that. Uh, Oh, guys, sorry, we got to redo that one. Hopefully, you don't have a, a special guest on that show, but that's also where things go wrong because you're doing things yeah. a little differently. <laughs> so true. So, so yeah, anyways, nice. go check out the podcast, everybody. Uh, I think it's called like The Legs Feed the Wolf or something. Um, nice. I'll try yeah, to get let's go ahead and head into our, a recap of the past week. We had four uh, games, uh, which I think is fun. It's just like a game every other night. I just yeah. love watching the Timberwolves, especially now that Cat is back. Ooh. It's so fun to watch this team again. There's no more of those games where it's like, this is just going to be a blowout. I'm going to be watching. No, you get to watch Carl Anthony Towns play basketball. So for me, it was a good week. Even if the Timberwolves only went one for three, they now find themselves with a record of seven and 22, seven wins, 22 losses. That is worst in the Western Conference. In fact, it's worst in the NBA, everybody. Oh, I so. had no idea we had fallen to 30th. Didn't we have like the Wizards underneath us for a while? Yeah, I checked the standings. The Pistons are last in the East right now with mm. eight and twenty record. So okay. they have one more win and two fewer losses than us right now. So race to the bottom. We are there. Thirtieth um, team. We're really trying to keep that forty percent chance. We'll get our pick alive. If we finish with one of the three worst records in the league, it's a forty percent chance we'll end up with a top three pick, and then we won't have to give our pick to Golden State until next year. So that's the uh, that's the math that's going mm-hmm. on. But mm-hmm. speaking of math, offensive rating, we're twenty seven out of thirty. Defensive rating, we're 24th out of 30. Our net rating, minus 7.3. That makes us 29th out of 30. So Oof. somebody has a worse net rating, but they probably just got lucky in some late game situations and have more wins than us, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, there you go. Yes, things are things are still tough out here, even though, like, uh, as, as we'll talk about and as you mentioned, it's just great to have Towns back, and that uh, really, really makes a big difference. But the Wolves got things started last Friday. Uh, you know, still still on the road, still down there in the south. Uh, I actually think this was like a two-game little quick road trip, just Charlotte and uh, going down to Florida for the Toronto game. But uh, but yeah, playing Charlotte, this was a, this was a fun game. This was the you know the ball. Uh, the ball uh, Edwards matchup, you know, uh, you know, number one pick versus number three pick. Yeah. Number one versus three. There you go. Right now, uh, you know, everybody has LaMelo leading the race for rookie of the year. So, you know, Anthony Edwards is trying to, you know, catch capture some of that attention because, you know, we're all used to it. We're Timberwolves fans. We know what it's like. The national media is going to sleep on us because you don't watch the games. Like, come on. Most Wolves fans don't even watch all the games. So (laughs) I'm not pointing fingers or blaming anyone, but it just seems like when I go on Instagram or on Twitter, 
Twitter, it's all LaMelo highlights and nobody's talking about Ant. So Ant is definitely trying to take this opportunity to, you know, put his name back into the national conversation with the matchup. And he had a great game. You know, he was pressing a little bit. You could tell he was definitely trying. Uh, right, and right, LaMelo right. had a great game too. Man, LaMelo looks great. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, both of these guys are moved into the starting lineup now. So they, I think they both are, you know, getting a little more time and you're seeing Edwards, you know, scoring average go up a little bit. And yeah, I think it'll be a tight race, maybe between just the two of them. We'll see if maybe Halliburton can get in there as well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Wiseman can come back and contribute and stuff. I think he's been injured recently. But yeah, I mean, ball's great and he's, he's in the starting lineup and he's out there and everything. So that'll be fun to watch those two. To the rest of the season kind of go head to head but i think you know the, the with the hornets they're a little more of a you know they've gotten more wins this year you know they're kind of a, a little bit of a surprisingly good team in the east they're really fun to watch too like i tweeted they like, were fun i need to watch yeah. more hornets games yeah. is what this game taught me because man with they got gordon hayward they've got malik monk they got terry rogier who was killing us rogier oh, man, man yeah he game had of the a- season for him yeah, forty-one points in this game. He uh, he was kind of uh, the executioner at the end of this one. He had uh, twelve points in the fourth quarter, and just Wolves could not stop him in pick and roll. Every time, know? every time we hit a big shot, Rozier just came down the court and made a bigger one. You know? Yes, yes, he was just so good, and the Wolves just couldn't stop him at all. And that was really, you know, it was a good neck and neck game, you know, for for most of it here. But you know, it was Rozier who was their closer and just just finished scary, this scary. one off. Yeah, he he was indeed uh, scary on in. in in this game but you know Beasley also played well I mean Beasley you can say that every night now with him he's just hitting shots but yep. he had four threes in the first quarter of this game that was that was pretty nice although here's the thing with Beasley is they keep saying it on the broadcast because he keeps getting up to his career high seven threes in a game yeah and every time it's like you know early third it's like wow he's just got to seven threes and then I'm waiting for that number eight he hasn't gotten it yet so three watch every time he gets close you know but yeah, yeah it's the start of his uh, torrential shooting this week just hitting everything it seems like it was kind of a bummer we needed him he had uh, I think you said 14 points in the first quarter yeah 16 yeah 16 yeah and we needed that because cat was really bad to start the first half cat had a really bad start and he talked about it after the game there was some uh, covid shenanigans before the game like uh we don't know who's playing uh pj Washington Washington. can't play all of a sudden we have charlotte guys who have tested positive and it really just threw cat for a loop he said that it was really disturbing to him to see like that kind of cavalier kind of like oh yeah let's yeah there's covid tests there's some players positive whatever let's just play let's just roll the ball out let's play um and i could uh you know respect that from cat you know considering all that he's gone through in regards to coronavirus and so he talked about that at the end of the game he's saying how that bothered him a lot yeah and how he asked asked coach should we even be playing you know like that like that's the, the, that's the answer it. to that question cat is no none of these games should be <laughs> right. happening you know right. i mean i'm thankful for him but the nba has not been doing a good job with safety yeah uh you know should you be playing probably not but uh did the players association uh make a deal with the nba yes they did so yeah <laughs> exactly. in, in a way you signed up to play so you, you kind of have to unfortunately uh, so but yeah, yeah we uh le- left charlotte with a loss but uh thankfully we didn't have to travel north of the border because <laughs> toronto is trapped in tampa this year no, no, that is a huge downgrade. Let me tell you, the city, you know, the discrepancy between great cities between, you know, Toronto and Tampa, Florida, that is that is bad. That is bad times. You know, you can kind of see why uh, the Raptors aren't uh, playing so so well this year, right? They have to they have to live in Florida and do all that. That's that's tough. That's a big downgrade right there. 
what were they calling it though during the Super Bowl? Is Champa Bay or something like that? They had some oh, kind of Tampa funny. Champa yeah. championship uh, pun going on because you know the it's been a good time for Tampa sports. They had the Rays going in the World Series this year, and uh, then yeah. they had their Buccaneers uh, win the Super Bowl. So they're still probably celebrating that right now in Tampa. Now they have an NBA team who's around because Canada so. is taking the virus seriously. They made the <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays play in Buffalo all last yeah, season, yeah. and this year the. Uh, the Raptors have to play in Tampa, which is kind of a huge bummer uh, for them because they have to be separated from their families and stuff. And so that stinks. Although Dave Benz is making the joke that they don't have to pay the income tax because uh, Florida has no state income tax. So if that's yeah. true, I don't know how it works if they still have to pay taxes on their earnings to Canada, even though they're not playing in Canada this year. I have no idea how that works, but they yeah. could be saving some money there. Yeah, so we got the Florida Raptors here. I like a uh, little little detail. I liked how they still have the Canadian flag on the backboard. I don't know if you noticed that. I saw that in one I did shot. Not. Like a, That's nice. Like a, like a replay. Yeah, like in the lower right, they usually have like the American flag. But of course, for the Raptors, they have the Canadian flag, and uh, uh, it's cool. It's on there on the backboard. I would imagine they're maybe doing O Canada anthem still, probably. I would I'd hope like, so. Yeah, I'd like to they, think. They I mean, their jerseys still say Toronto and stuff. So, um, and yeah, it looks the part. They got the court down there. They got all the colors. Like it looks. You know, looks like it doesn't matter. That's the weird world of sports we're in these days. Um, yeah, it was a thrilling game, though. Um, yeah, you know, really Tampa, good game. Tampa Raptors, still a good team. In two years removed from their championship. They lost a few of the key members, but this is still a very well-coached team. And, you know, one thing that kind of reminded me of the Wolves during this was I think that the Raptors have like seven or eight undrafted people on their team, undrafted yeah. players. Yeah. And it's just like, that's where uh, Gerson has found value is, you know, the Nas reads and some of these other kind of castaways that he's brought in who are getting big minutes. So I thought that was like, oh, cool. Well, the Raptors have shown that you can take undrafted players and make a championship run. So maybe that's good that, you know, maybe the Wolves hopefully can do that with some of Gerson's scouting, you know? Yeah, that's uh, it's you know jumping ahead to the Indiana game, but they, on the FSN broadcast they showed a, you know like a, a graphic of of coaches who have like come up, you know through their G League team, oh, yeah. and are now the head coach, and this is and, and Nick Nurse is right in there, right? The Raptors nine hundred five, the success they've had, you know he yeah, was the coach Quinn down Snyder. there, yeah, Quinn Snyder, um, Bjorkren. Um, and uh, Dagnalt in uh, Dagnalt was the OKC Blue coach uh, mm-hmm. for the last few years, which is funny because they have like all the <laughs> they have all the G League guys as like their main players right now. Like they, they have a pretty big lack of like you know NBA names on those teams, and then it really just makes you look at Ryan as like, yeah, these are the guys. Or and Jenkins was the other one too, and it's like, yeah, yeah, these are the guys that Ryan has to be compared to, and it's just the other, just the latest example of like, yeah, man, you got at least be this good to like hang around, and you're not, but you know to the overall organization's credit, at least you have these players who are coming up through the system, um, you know, and the job they're doing down there in Iowa and coming up and playing well. So, you know, we have some of that. We're not taking the coach yet, but like you said, maybe that should – Sam Newman Beck down there in the Des Moines maybe should be looked at uh, as a possible uh, uh, replacement for Ryan maybe down the line. That's right. But, I definitely had the thought when I saw that graphic. I was like, ooh, maybe, maybe the next coach is from within the organization because the Iowa Wolves, well – they haven't been playing great this season, but it's a bubble. It's weird, but they were playing good last year. So, uh, yeah, but in terms of the Toronto game, super fun. Uh, we were killing it from the corner threes. Love that. It was like just lighting it up. And yeah. also, I thought a big narrative from this game was uh, Kyle Lowry doing his best CP3 impression, really <laughs> controlling the refs the entire game. You know, it just seemed uh, like yeah. he was. 
uh, every every whistle he was he was having conversations with the refs at the end of the game he seemed to be getting every whistle that he wanted and so that was uh you know entertaining <laughs> question yeah. mark i, I kind of hate it when cp3 does it but i i have a lot more respect for kyle rowry in that sense so i didn't hate it quite as much even though it was pretty similar yeah, he is. Uh, he is uh, well versed in the dark arts, uh, as you'd say, and the ref baiting and all that stuff, flopping around a little bit down there. But hey, it's effective. Can't argue with the results, I guess. Oh but, man, yeah. yeah, he almost single handedly won the game with those antics. But yeah, the you know this was an up and down game. The Wolves didn't get uh, Towns the ball enough in the first half, but you know kind of corrected that more in the second uh, second half. And the uh, Wolves uh, had a seventeen to two run to end the third, so they go up by twelve. And then the Raptors start the fourth quarter seventeen to five, so then yep. they kind of get back even. And then it's just really an even game the rest of the way, kind of with like a really wild finish with just like back and forth buckets, right? Like. That was pretty crazy to see, like just like scoring and and you know I can't remember exactly who was who was putting the ball in the hole, but you know for the Wolves to you know eke out a win here was uh, was pretty exciting because you know Dave Benz kept you know made sure to let us know that you know the Wolves haven't you know had a had a win uh, you know at Toronto or at a Raptors game um, you know in, in many many years, and so it was finally it was good crazy. To it was like nineteen straight losses or something. Yeah, it was like yeah. since like the KG days or something that. We we have it yeah. one in Toronto. That's right. Yep. So, so technically hopefully. that streak continues because we won in Tampa Bay, but we did beat the Raptors on the road finally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, all right. Now we're moving to Tuesday. We'll back face home. off uh, back home it, against the Lakers. It's, uh, Dave Dave pointed out, uh, Dave Benz pointed out that, uh, you know, it was we're back home for three games, but we're only in town for like 72 hours or something because, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's three games in four days and then we're back on the road. So, yeah, yes, it's a three-game homestand. No, it doesn't allow the players any time to rest at home, really, though, you know? Yeah, totally. Wolves lose 104 to 112. And, uh, yeah, this was a rare game that I could not watch. Uh, something's going on with the Fox Sports North app. Uh, I didn't, wasn't able to watch it live, and there is no replay of, available right now. And uh, I don't know what's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, maybe hopefully I can watch it this weekend or something like that. So usually as soon as the game's over, you can just watch the replay. But uh, for this Lakers game, it wasn't the case. So I don't know what's going on there. But, Scott, you did see it, so why don't you fill yes. me in? Why, why don't you give me the you know, give me I the, know the you're going to watch it, here. even though I'm going to spoil some of it for you, right now it's yeah. worth watching though you know you can oh it's always a good time watching lebron james do his thing oh and of course boy I did he do his thing yeah uh very fun game even though uh cat cat was kind of not really in the game a whole lot i feel like he didn't really put his will on the game he didn't even take a shot in the fourth quarter which is something that really needs to be addressed <laughs> i think but mm-hmm. uh you know it was a game where lebron was doing lebron stuff and dennis schroeder killed us just killed us and Montrez Harrell had a really productive game as well. Um, so those three were really the heavy hitters for them. And then mm. for us, Anthony Edwards had his best game of his career, I think. He had, uh, I believe, 28 points, like five assists. He had seven rebounds. He also uh, made five three-pointers. He was five of 10 from three. He was overall 10 for 21 from the field. So very efficient game. 10 threes, that's a lot getting the shots up. That's, uh, that's probably the biggest number he's had all season. Yeah, and they were falling. So, like I said, he's three of four from the line as well. So, just a great game for him. He was actually on the plus minus. He was zero. Okay, <laughs> even he was even. There was only two players in the positive, and that was Towns and Ricky for the game. Um, but yeah, like I said, Rick uh, Towns only got ten shots. Um, there were four players on the team who took more. I mean, Ant took twenty one. Malik had fifteen. Malik didn't really have a good night. He was four for fifteen. He only hit three three pointers. He was three for nine. 
so not his most not his best night of the past week but um yeah i just felt like you know vanderbilt was doing good things he had 13 rebounds he had two steals and he had an assist and so it's fun to watch this uh lineup with uh you know carl anthony towns in the game again there's a lot more spacing on the floor and it allows edwards to cook and allows vanderbilt to to do more things as well so that's been the exciting thing um but yeah the lakers it was one of those things where we kept it close and it's kind of a moral victory in that sense because they're the defending champions they're one of the best you know I think they're the best team in the league. They're definitely a top three team in the league. So, you know, there was a little bit of a sense maybe that the Lakers were playing with their food a little bit, you know, turning it on when they needed to. Um, you know, they had 20, they outscored us 26 to 20 in the fourth, but it was LeBron James doing LeBron James things. And I, for one, hope that I never have to sit at home when LeBron James is in Minneapolis again, because there's only so many more times we're going to have LeBron James playing games in Minneapolis. And I don't intend to miss any of them. You know, what a bummer to have to, sit at home while I know the best basketball player on earth is in my city. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we usually make a point of seeing him and going out there and everything when he comes to town. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just once per year. And thank goodness he's in the West now and you get to see him twice. But, you know, uh, it's, yeah, very strange that, uh, yeah, King James came to Minneapolis, but uh, no one got to watch him play. (laughs) No one got to see him in person. There were some there were some big moments for both of the rooks. We had uh, you know Anthony Edwards hit a three right in LeBron James's face. You know oh, LeBron wow. would switch off to him one on one situation and Ant wow. took it right in his face. And then uh, they showed the replay and Ant's just like smiling. He's beaming the entire way back down the court. And Jim's like, "That's a <laughs> shot that he'll remember for the rest of his life." You know, because apparently yeah. Jim Peters didn't hit a shot over Michael Jordan or something, and said yeah. like, he'll never forget that. And he said the same thing for Ant. And then Jaden McDaniels blocked LeBron, you know, which is another great thing. Just the rookie stuffing the best player in basketball. Blocking everybody. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of welcome to the NBA moments. Apparently, I, you know, we're not at the games, but apparently after the game ended, a lot of the Lakers came over to dap up Ant because he did such a good job. So that was his kind of like big, you know, this is my arrival kind of game. I went up against the King and had a great, like I said, the best game of his career. So I think that was the real story of the game was the Lakers are great, but Anthony Edwards had a real coming out, you know. <laughs> Nice. I'll have to check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for a little bit of a recap there. Uh, but yeah, Mar- like uh, like I said, in the fourth, it was a bummer. I mean, I know Anthony Edwards was playing well and you just feed the hot hand, but maybe we get the best player on our team a shot, just a shot in the fourth. You know? And yeah. so I thought some of that is on Cat. He needs to be more assertive. A lot of it is on the coach. Maybe we should run some plays for Cat, you know, and a lot of it's on the coach being like, hey, Ant, let's just go have you take the ball and be the playmaker every time because Ant, you know, he's he can pass it, but he, it's never his first choice to pass it. It's always, mm-hmm. well, I've run into a couple defenders maybe i'll get rid of it you know it's always kind of a let me get rid of this because i ran into the defense pass you know yeah totally all right nice appreciate that uh yeah let's uh, one more one more here we have uh uh, the tough loss the other night, uh, Wednesday night, um, against Indiana. Wolves lose 128 to 134 in overtime. And, uh, yeah, I think this was still one of the better games of the year. Uh, just two, two game, two, uh, teams, you know, executing really well. And, yeah, maybe, maybe not quite the highest level of defense, but I think the offense was really good and both teams, uh, really fun to watch. Uh, I haven't really seen much Indiana this year, but, uh, you know, I like their team, you know, even without Oladipo. Uh, Sabonis played really well in this game. I thought that was that was fun, and and uh, Miles Turner has been one of the best defensive players in the league this year. Uh, I mean, he didn't really put a huge stamp on this game specifically, but I really like the the two of those bigs kind of yeah, playing Sabonis together. Sabonis had thirty six points and seventeen rebounds and ten assists. 
So it's a bonus so at the triple-double. 36-point triple-double is his career high in scoring and the triple-double. So not an off-brand player, but boy, did he have the, one of the best games of his career against us. And then Malcolm Brogdon, 32 points, you know, just killing Ooh. us. He had also had seven assists and nine rebounds. And, man, Malcolm Brogdon, that's a guy who I – I have some friends who are Milwaukee fans, and I tease oh, them. Oh, yeah. I'm they like, man, do you think Giannis would have made an NBA Finals if they still had Malcolm Brogdon instead of Eric Bledsoe on the team? They really chose the wrong point guard there because Brogdon is legit, you know? Yeah, well, they had to save all that money, you know? Money money is more important, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, and yeah, well, you know, they, all they had to do was mortgage all of their future draft picks so they can get a point guard in Drew Holiday and here is the yeah. make up for the, the error they made. But uh, every team has a couple decisions like that where they let the wrong one get away, and that's clearly what happened with Malcolm Brogdon because he's balling in Indy. It's got this game uh, had a little bit of a strange uh, start to it. We, uh, we found out that... Uh, Jaden McDaniels will be receiving his first start of his career, which is nice, and he's played very well, very well recently, and you know deserves to, you know, be in the mix uh, there. But the reasoning was that uh, uh, Beasley uh, was was being uh, slapped on the wrist for uh, you know missing missing shoot around or being late uh, to shoot around, I believe was what it was. And uh, Scott, you got you got a problem with it. You, you don't like you don't like this move from uh, from Rhino. Yeah, I think it probably cost us the game. Uh, we, we lost the first quarter 39-33. to 33. It was clear that uh, our rotations were all out of sync because Ryan had to do his high school kind of coach move and be like, oh, you were late to practice. Now, now I'm going to come off the bench. I'm going to screw with the rotations for everybody on the team. Everyone's going to suffer because I want to make a point about punctuality from Malik Beasley. Like, I don't hear – I mean, you made the point – we were chatting before the podcast that maybe this happens to other teams and we just don't hear about it because we're not following them very closely. But I don't hear of other NBA teams – doing this you take care of your business you find him you do some other way to you know hold players accountable behind the scenes but to like screw up the whole game to try to make like a very public point like you're really just trying to pat yourself on the back by making it public like this like i want to air out that this discipline is happening so i'm going to make sure that everyone knows about it by making sure that he's not in the starting lineup and it's just like once again i think it cost us the game it screwed up our whole rotations for the first half I mean, Malik came out and played great to his credit. He had 31 points, you know, 13 of 25 shooting. So he didn't let it affect him too much. But uh, I don't know. I just hated the move. It's also one of those things that were like, if I, we talked about last week, we don't believe this team is stealth tanking or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. if you wanted to make the case that this team is tanking, starting Jaden McDaniels over Malik Beasley is definitely a, a piece of evidence I would use in court. Yeah, let's uh, start two 19-year-olds, you know? Let's just let's put them both out there. Uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Beasley then starts in the second half, and uh, yeah, things worked out a little bit better. I mean, he played the most then. minutes of the game. He ended up playing 41 minutes, but wow. if, to keep him out for like the first, you know, seven minutes of the game or however long he was out, that just means he had to play all those 41 minutes without getting rest then for later in the game. So once yeah. again, it was just like, oh, uh, we didn't need him in the starting lineup, but then we put him in the game. We decided we needed him so much we needed him to play like 41 of the last 43 minutes of the game or whatever. And so it's just, once again, not a great way to get the most out of your players. Yeah, so the end of this one was uh, was interesting. Again, a really tight game. Anthony Edwards gets that just great look. I guess there's uh, overtime minutes in there I didn't factor in, but yeah. Right, right, right. Pick and roll with Towns at the top, and, uh, you know, that was the final. It was a tie game with, like, 10 seconds left, and they gave, put the ball in uh, in uh, Ant's hands, and, uh, man, he had that shot, and, man, just, just uh, rattled in the rim back and forth. 
Oh, it was it was so far out. down. It, there's some photos yeah. where it's just like almost completely in it's the halfway. You know, in. Yeah, yeah. And and had a great reaction. Man, he he expected that to go in. His face after he missed it was like, yeah, ooh, he, I can't believe he, it. He thought it was down, but yeah. And then in overtime, everything just fell apart. I mean, I thought the Wolves got a lot of really good shots. Like they had a lot of really open threes and and you know good looks at the hoop, and they just didn't go in. You know, and it was just like a drought. I think they only made one shot. I think Towns just made one shot, and that was it. So. The offense dried and, up at I that mean, point. The, the, the sad thing was the Pacers just we could not slow them down. Like Jeremy Lamb and Brogdon were just roasting us. Like yeah. I just it was like we could not figure out how to play any kind of defense against Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. he was killing us. And so it was just sad because it's like if we're not scoring, we're gonna lose because we can't stop them on the other end, which is a bummer. All right. So yeah, that'll do it for week recap. All those games, four games, lots of games to talk about. And uh but let's uh, let's dig into a little bit more here. About, oh, shout out uh, Keelan Martin on the bench. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Keelan. that was worth interrupting you, but it was good to see him, you know. Keelan him softly. That's right. That's right. Back. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into full court press. Here's the tip. All right, first thing, we must talk about huge news, the latest of heartbreaking uh, Timberwolves news from this season. Uh, D'Angelo Russell will miss four to six weeks. Um, after having a minor knee procedure this week to clear out a loose body in his knee. So, yeah, he's been dealing with those uh, those both leg issues this this season. And it uh, turns out they decided to, you know, send him under the knife and uh, look at that a little bit. And, of course, uh, when that happens, when any injury happens, we turn our heads uh, to friend of the show, Lucas Seehofer, uh, a medical professional um, who uh, tweeted out, uh, loose body often uh, references to a bone chip or fray of soft tissue that is free-floating in a joint. Loose bodies can cause pain and range of motion limitations. So, yeah, that is what uh, D'Angelo Russell is dealing with. and You see uh, it a lot in up. baseball. This is a very common okay. baseball yeah. injury, I feel mm, like. So mm. the good news is it's, you know, it's a pretty standard fix. It's not considered like a very severe injury. It's not going to affect his future performance once he gets back. So that's the good news is that it's a relatively minor injury. The bad news is it's going to take him out four to six weeks, which this season is probably like, what, 25 games or something, you know, with all the yeah, games that are sandwiched. Yeah, 15 to 20. It's, I mean, it's th- nice that he has the all-star be- break, yeah. Thankfully, some of it will be during the All-Star break, Um, so it's nice to have those coincide, but yeah, it's just a huge bummer, I think, just because obviously Cat's finally back, and this team has just been snake bit. If it weren't so sad, it would be comical that since we made the trade, Cat and Russell have only played five games together when the entire idea of this whole team's construction was, let's see what happens when Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell can play together, so I think that's the biggest bummer about this news. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, absolutely. It's just again, it just is just so heartbreaking because it's like you said, this is what the te- whole team's supposed to be, and then you just get Towns back, and it looks like it's all going to come together, and then nope, it gets uh, pulled away, and uh, he's out, and yeah, it's just I guess it's par for the course. I guess how you know in overall franchise stuff, and just how this season, how weird this season is, and with all the little injuries here and there that this would happen. Uh, but yeah, it kind of just further cements that it's just, is this going to be this kind of year for the Wolves? And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to talk more about how the, you know, over the course of this season, we'll see how these next few weeks go and, and where things go from here. But we thought they'd get their full 
compliment the players back. It's funny how we mentioned last week of like, all right, Ryan Saunders, you got your full your full group. Now show us what you got. You've been kind of hiding behind this all year. Not not actually. I mean, uh, he he'd probably push back on that, but you know, that's kind of the idea. Is like, all right, give him a break. Wait till he has all the guys, and he's not really going to get that. Yeah, it's it, people make that excuse for him. I haven't heard him say. Yeah, that, but more like the fan base. Yeah, at this point, I think you know. I think we've seen enough with Ryan that we can surmise that even if he had a perfectly healthy team, he probably wouldn't be, you know, revealing himself to be this great coach that has just been bitten by circumstance. So I don't think that this will influence the decision of the front office to keep Ryan or fire Ryan. You know, I think that this season is kind of well. We talked about his make it or break it, regardless of whether he gets a healthy team or not to judge him by. So I'm not sure how much that will take into effect. Maybe instead of being fired midseason, he'll get till the end of the season now uh, before being let go. But I don't think I can't see anything that help him keep his job at this point. Um, but yeah, it's something I was thinking about just had a Zen moment the other night. I was just like, you know what? This is sports. You know, we've seen a lot of great teams that were felled and never reached their potential because of injury. Injuries are just like a super unfortunate part of sports. Any team that has gotten to win a championship, like man, that Warriors dynasty, how lucky were they with injuries during that stretch? And like how many other teams might've challenged them if it weren't for devastating injuries of their own. So it's just like a sad part of sports. I don't think the, the wolves are necessarily, you know, worse off than other teams. It's just like every sports franchise has these teams that you're like, we never got to see their potential. We never even got the chance to see their potential because just unfortunate circumstances like this. Yeah, you need a little luck uh, to go with all the talent and all the good team building and good play and coaching and all that stuff. You also have to have luck, and the Wolves haven't had that this year or in really a lot of recent memory. Um, but you know, one other thing here that I think is interesting. We'll talk about Rubio coming up here, but I, it, to me, it's interesting how how um, you know the town's injury stuff and the town's COVID stuff is. I, I think is just like massively worse than this. Like Russell being out, I think the team is going to be okay actually in his absence. You know, I don't think they're going to be you know rocketing up the the standings here but you're not going to see the same thing you saw when towns was out and it was the d'lo russell d'angelo russell show you know so oh yeah uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of compare those two things and we're really going to if you if you haven't already figured out like you know that that towns is way better than russell like you're about to see it now because i feel like the team could still be decent you know with with ricky rubio who is kind of a you know a start he can be a starting point guard for you so that it's yeah, nice it that speaks- they have depth at this position that they can deal with it but i think it's just interesting to compare those two absences and I think the Wolves are going to be in a lot of games it might not win them but they're still going to be able to be in these games where they absolutely could not when it was just Russell out there yeah it speaks to the level of the replacements we've said on the show before there's a difference between going from D'Angelo Russell to Ricky Rubio or even back up Ricky Rubio to back up Jordan McLaughlin than it is going from Towns to Ed Davis you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this team was built with no backup for Towns but a lot of backup built in you know for D'Angelo because we were so guard heavy yeah, anything else on Russell's guy? Should we talk Rubio? Let's talk Rubio. He's hitting up! Because he's kind of, uh, you know, the big benefactor from this. He's ready to get those starting minutes, and by the way that he's been playing the last six games, it makes me think, like, maybe coming off the bench was screwing with Rubio's head a little bit more than I gave him credit for, because now with his assured, you know, starting presence for the next four to six weeks, he's playing like a man playing with house money, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I definitely think there is something to his improved play recently, and the fact that he's the starter and he knows it, you know, and, you know, the minutes are up a little bit um, here recently, and, you know, I just think that it goes along way and it just I think goes back to you know a guy who has started his whole career and now he's coming off the bench and uh, you know when you bring him back into that role as a starter and 
you know, things could work. And, you know, obviously it, uh, it's nice that it kind of dovetails along with Towns coming back, right? And he gets to, he gets to yeah. be in there and play with Towns, whereas Russell, you know, Russell didn't, you know, so it's kind of hard to compare that. But, you know, I think Rubio and Russell are a pretty good fit. Uh, excuse me, Rubio and Towns are a pretty good fit together. And, I don't know. I think he's just been really good, and it's it's really been needed because, especially with Russell out, you just needed a little more punch there. And he Rubio was just so bad in the first, uh, you know, I don't know how many games he played. You know, first twenty games or whatever it's been. Twenty three, you know, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's tough, and and it's just to have him play better. Um, you know, even without Russell out, it just makes a huge difference. And you know, I pulled some of the pulled some of the stats, and you know, I put the cutoff on the last six games. I believe that's. Uh, uh, February 8th, I think, against the Mavs is when it seemed like he was starting to play better. Uh, since then, he's had uh, he plays 30 minutes a game. He's uh, leading the team plus-minus. He's second in net rating. He's been shooting 41% from three. Uh, and uh, he's got his assists up to nine assists per game. Before that, he only played 23 minutes a game. Uh, he was 11th on the team in plus-minus. So it was like way down there. And he was only 16% from three and only had six assists. So all, a lot of his numbers are way, way up. Um, here in the last two weeks or so and just hope that can continue yeah a lot of good things dovetailing in Ricky's direction like you said Cat is back now he has the confidence from hitting some three-pointers you can see just his confidence is completely different after I think it was the maybe the Charlotte game where he started hitting threes it was either Charlotte or Toronto but he's yeah, just been on he a tour of pace shooting. he was a four of eight in that game I think yeah, and so now he's got his confidence in his three-point shot. He's looking for it. And also, it just seems like he has more confidence around the rim, too. Um, he's just had a higher success rate of his shots around the basket falling as well. So it's a good time for it all to happen. I mean, Ricky said after the Charlotte game, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, that uh, you know Anthony Edwards, he credited. He said that you know when he was in his funk and you know trying to find some way to be good on the basketball court, Anthony Edwards' spirit being high, his you know feel-good energy really helped Ricky get through that. So it's Fun to see a NBA vet, 30-year-old Ricky Rubio, attributing some of his success to the leadership of the 19-year-old rookie, Anthony Edwards. That's the kind of presence Ant's bringing in the locker room, too, apparently. So that's exciting to see. Hopefully, Ricky can keep it up. There's going to be some challenges. I think in Indiana, we saw that when you have Ricky and Vanderbilt on the court at the same time, it really hurts the Wolves uh, spacing-wise. So I think you know we'll probably maybe see more of Jaden McDaniels, maybe starting you know like he got that start against Indiana instead of Vanderbilt just because with having two non-shooters on the floor is kind of cramping the style. But yeah, it's good old Ricky Rubio. That used to be the thing with Ricky is, you know, don't look at the box score, look at the plus minus because he usually led the team in plus minus and he's back to that same old Ricky. Do you think um, Anthony Edwards um, used the change, change this face uh, line on Ricky? Do you think he, maybe he knows? Do you think he knows that line and, and maybe knew to drop it on him and, and, and change it all around? <laughs> No, he was way too young for that. You know, like that happened in like 2014. So he was 13 years old, probably watching more Cartoon Network than ESPN at the time, you know. So yeah. I feel like there's no chance he knows that reference unless somebody told him once he got here. Alexi, change, change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear him say it, though. You know, that, that would be that'd be nice to hear him say that. But yeah, the yeah he's, he's just always smiling. You know, he's a guy who never right. has to change his face, that Anthony Edwards. I do think it's a little weird. That we have a lot of head cases on this team. We've talked about just like how much a lack of confidence has hurt like Jarrett Culver and Ricky's definitely a guy who needs to have confidence. And like even to a certain extent, it seems like Russell or even a little bit Towns, like their game ebbs and flows regarding how much confidence they have, which makes it fun, I think, to have guys like Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards who just seem like when they get on the court and it doesn't matter what's going on in their lives, they're they're they've got the confidence, you know? 
Totally. Um, another thing about Rubio that I've just really enjoyed, and you know, J Mac does this too, is it's just so so interesting how much faster this team plays when Russell's not out there, um, and it's really made a huge difference. And it's been really interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Rosas did an interview with Doogie, uh, podcast interview, and it's interesting too. Going back to the Russell injury, he, he talked about the Russell injury as just an overcompensation issue at the time. Uh, this was like a week ago, you know, from his first leg injury. He's like, oh no, he's just overcompensating on his other leg, and that's why he's hurt now. It turns out, you know, we got we got uh, bone chips or whatever up in there but he also said that that you know I think Doogie asked like what you know what the team's been missing or you know what what the biggest like issue they've had and he said like pace I thought that was really interesting that they think that they can you know have D'Angelo Russell on this team and play with a fast pace the guy never sprints in the game at all like he's one of the slowest guards in the league he just doesn't have that and so yeah it's like if that's how you want to play Rubio's your guy and even J-Mac and I've just really enjoyed the pace it's really picked up since since Russell's been out and they're getting more easy points and hit ahead you know, passes to get layups and dunks and stuff like that. So that's the other thing that Ricky's really brought that I think has really helped him, and especially in the last six games, is just push it. You know, just keep pushing it and try to get some easy buckets rather than have to, you know, set it up and slow things down. Yeah, that's a great point. That's definitely something we're going to have to keep our eyes on going forward. All right, one more thing here for Full Court Press. He's on fire! We got to talk about the All Star Game. We had, uh, as we record this here on Thursday, we had uh, the announcement, the formal announcement that the All Star Game would be uh, going forward here. Uh, pandemic this be damned. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? I think it's on March seventh. Was I was just pulling out my calendar. Yep. I believe is in like yep. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, from so Sunday. it's really sneaking up on us. Yeah, it is like two weeks plus three days. It's it's two weeks from Sunday. Will be the. All-Star game in Atlanta. Um, I don't think any of the NBA players are very excited about going. They've all said this is a money thing, but we understand as part of this league and as the, you know, the Players Association, we have to do this because uh, you know that's that's the, the how the business works. So it's going to be the least enthusiastic All-Star game of all time. Uh, Adam Silver, I think, said today, like there's going to be no parties in Atlanta. There's nothing going on outside of the events, and it's just like, you know, like why are we doing this? If, I mean, we know why to do it. It's money. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not necessarily uh, the game you want to play. I will say that the all-star starters were revealed tonight. No Timberwolves among them. Oh, that's notable. Uh, but yeah, everything's going to happen on uh, on Sunday the 7th. So they're going to do the skills competition and the three-point shootout uh, before the game. And then the dunk contest will be at halftime. So that should be pretty interesting. I wonder if they'll cut down the amount of people in the dunk contest. Usually that thing's like an hour long. Like, at least. Know, no, it's, it's longer. They really milk it out. So, so, so what yeah, are they going to do? Or even if they do a half hour, I mean, they probably already always already do a little bit longer halftime when they have like a uh, you know a musical performance happen it's maybe it's 20 minutes instead of 15 or something but yeah i don't know what they're going to do maybe they'll just pick two people and have like a mini contest like head to head just straight up or i don't know but either way it's going to be a long or maybe they'll just have a 45 minute halftime that i'm really interested to see how they're going to you know time this out so it's at least a little bit normal yeah definitely changing things up but you brought it up. There's uh, more than just the All-Star game. I guess we should say first, do you expect any Timberwolves to be in the All-Star game? I, I think you got to expect Beasley to be in the three-point contest, right? Well, I mean, I guess I, I'm just saying the game itself, not All-Star Saturday night, you know. Oh, well, again, it's all or happening some, on one night. It's all happening all on, happen Sunday, on Sunday but, night. So, yeah, just the, we don't expect to have any All-Stars on this team, right? There's no way. There's no, no way. I mean, Beasley's like the only guy who's like played consistently awesome, and he's not going to get any love, and <laughs> the Wolves are yeah, literally the worst team in the league, been, so there's no reason why they should, even if they had someone who was playing at an actual all-star level than like a relatively good all-star level. Beasley's been cooking, and I understand why 
the announcers and the broadcasters have to mention the all-star game and be like okay you know if it, if it were baseball and every team had to send a, a player to the all-star game Malik would be our all-star for sure with the season he's been yeah. having but you look at the guys who are getting cut you know I mean you look at the lists that people make online everyone's got their list of who's going to make it who's going to not you see guys like Devin Booker not going to make it or you know there's other like guys who are just way better than Malik Beasley and having way better seasons who aren't going to make it. So if you say Malik Beasley deserves to be an all-star, tell me who you're taking out of the game because it's yeah. really hard to make the case that he's one of the best 15 players in the West. There's no season. way. The, yeah, the real question is just like, will he be in the three-point contest? Uh, will someone be in the skills contest? I can't really see it unless it was Edwards, but I don't really think that's a thing. I think Edwards is more likely to be in the dunk contest, but he hasn't really had any like, I don't know, he's had some really big dunks, I guess, but nothing but like... But they're, like, they're not like, oh my god he's way above the rim kind of dunks they're, they're, they're just like, like poster big dunks. in-game dunks in the moment where wow you threw it down on someone but they're not like you know fast break no one's on them let's go ahead and do a 360 dunk exactly. it's not like any of that exactly so i highly doubt that i think the only thing we can hope for is that malik is in the three-point contest which i could see happening i mean you ha- you pulled the note here that he's fourth and in, in total made threes this season behind curry lillard and buddy healed so i don't know if they look at total threes he's in there and they usually invite like 12 people to this thing and again maybe it'll be a truncated version just so they don't have so many people in atlanta for this but i don't know i think there'll probably be at least eight shooters or something and you got to think that beasley's had one of the eight best shooting you know performances uh, this year in the first half of the year so i'd like to see him in there i think it'd be fun it's always good yeah, to have he said he wants to go and do it so, so. if he wants oh, cool. to go and do yeah. it i think he should i think it'll be interesting to see if they fill out the rosters for the dunk three-point and skills competition from guys who are already going to be in the game anyways just oh, so they can have interesting yeah less players travel you know like like uh we don't want people coming in just for the skills competition so we're going to use guys who are already yeah. here for the all-star game or something so it remains to be seen i do think there's a good chance malik could be in the three-point contest um my question is neil if you had to pick one wolf to be in the skills or dunk contest, who would you pick? Because I think we both pick Malik to be the three-point shooter. I mean, Towns Towns already did the skills, but I'd like to see him back in there. Or maybe Nas. Maybe Nas could do the, the skills competition. I like the bigs doing the skills. So I guess I'd go with Nas Reed in the skills competition. What, what about you? I want Jaden McDaniels in the skills competition. I love seeing the big guy, you know, doing the dribble moves. It's always fun to watch the bigs in the skills competition. And Jaden can do a little bit of everything, you know. So there's I, I'd, no, I'd like no to see Jaden McDaniels. There's, Plus, they, there's the, no the blocks rookies, in the skills competition, though. Yeah, that's true. But the thing <laughs> is with the rookies is I think it's part of their rookie contract. The NBA can force them into the dunk contest uh, or the yeah, skills yeah. competition, whereas like veterans don't have to if they don't want to. So it could yeah. be a thing where they're like, I guess Nas that pertains to him too, but they could be forced into doing it. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, yeah, that'll be fun. To dunk. Watch. We both agree. Anthony Edwards would be our get dunk him contest. in there. Yeah, 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 get him in there. That'd be that'd be a good one. He can sky. So can so can Culver and a couple other guys, but I think Ant is the one. He's a bigger name, I guess, at this point. Uh, but yeah, All Star Game two weeks from now. That should be fun. Uh, if they have to do it, I'll watch it. Whatever. Okay, that's cool. That's the end of uh, Full Court Press. We're going to break this thing up with the sponsor right in the middle of the show, as we do. And uh, this week, we have a nice, um, you know, someone provided, uh, you know, a little uh, new jingle for their uh, for their business that they'd like us to play here on the here on the show. So we have a new sponsor. It's a uh, it's a new one, and uh, they they have a they have a great little song, Scott. So let's go ahead and uh, hit play on this one. When you feel you're getting hot and it's time to take the shot, the best spot for me is the corner three. Corner threes, the greatest shot in basketball. 
all of the scoring of a three-point shot from the distance of a long two. When you're giving up a run, this shot can't stop all their fun. And they're scoring spree with a corner three. Among field goal types this season, corner threes are the only statistically significant predictor of win percentage in the NBA. The more you make, the more dubs you take. Oh, corner threes, the scoring's never measly. Let's score some points by giving it to Beasley. You're making it rain and you're making it pour. Watch the ball soar from the range I adore. Best shot on the floor, it should count for four. No matter the score, we could use some more. Yes, it's the shot for me. It's a corner three. Thank you to Corner Threes for their support of Wolf's Cast. And up next, Worried, Not Worried. I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm really, really worried. I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried, I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. Worried? Not worried, are you? Yes, it's uh, a segment we do sometimes. There's a lot to worry about in the world. You know, there's <sighs> some kind of pandemic going on, and you know, some cold weather in some weird places. So, and also, you know, like it's like the groundhog saw his shadow or something. I don't oh, know. There's a lot to worry so about. Much. Injuries, whatnot. So but much. We want to take care of you. We want to take the decision out of your hands about whether or not you should be worried about stuff. Just you know, we'll let you know if you should be worried, and that's what we're doing here today. Yeah, we have to. We'll we'll set you straight. We will be your guiding light here for uh, you know the stress and anxiety in your life. And uh, we got four topics here um, to potentially be worried or not worried about. First one: the wolves are cursed. Scott, worried or not worried? The wolves are cursed. Is there a real curse happening here? Are we entering Boston Red Sox, Chicago Cubs? Uh, who else? Cleveland Browns. Who are the other uh, like cursed teams out there? Any any in baseball you want to throw out there? Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, we are. I mean, Cubs, Red Sox are the two, right? Those are the main. Those are the main historical. Yeah, ones. now it's the Cleveland baseball team has got the longest kind okay. of stint. But I won't yeah. call them cursed. They're just cheap. They got cheap ownership, you know. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess that brings me to, am I worried about the wolves? Uh, are they cursed? I would say no, like the Indians are, they're changing their name hopefully soon. I'm, I'm cheering for the Cleveland spiders. Uh, you know, I don't think they're cursed as much as they're just inept and have bad ownership. And I think most of the, you know, there's a few unlucky things that have happened with the wolves. Sure. We didn't get, you know, we fell in the shack draft, stuff like that. But a lot of this is self-inflicted wounds, you know? It's not like we fell in the draft where Curry got drafted. We chose Johnny Flynn over him, you know? And so most of the mistakes we've made are, you know, stuff we've done to ourselves. And even, like, this whole D-Lo, cat, can't stay healthy at the same time thing, it's hard to believe we're cursed when we just won the lottery last year. So, um, you know, maybe we'll have the worst record in the league and we'll fall out of the top three and the Warriors will get our pick and then they'll get the number four pick in the draft. And then we'll say we're cursed because, man, that luck didn't work out for us. But as of right now, I'd say that we're not as unlucky as we are just inept. How, what do you think, Neil? Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I would say not worried about the curse quite yet. I mean, the, the only thing they've really done to anger the basketball gods is the Joe Smith deal, I think. That is really the only sort of 
historical, you know, super wrong thing. Now, they've hired a lot of bad people. I mean, they hired David Kahn. They hired Kurt Rambis. Uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on of, of, you know, sort of mistaken, uh, you know, hirings out there. But I don't think that, you know, constitutes a curse. I feel like you have to really, uh, you know, again, cross the basketball gods or do something cosmically bad. And I just don't think the Wolves have really done that. There's nothing. There's no Indian burial grounds here or something like that. There's there's nothing um, that intense. Like you said, it's just a little bit of bad luck and a little bit of uh, ineptitude. Put it all together. Uh, small market, uh, you know, stuff. And, you you know you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna have some tough times. So um, this can easily just get flipped back around. And yeah, you look at the you know the draft luck recently has been pretty good. The lottery luck, and maybe it'll shine on us once again. So not ready to get to curse, but you certainly start raising your eyebrow from time to time with the stuff that's happening these days. All right, Neil. The next thing we have to be worried about. It's good to hear we don't have to be worried about curses right now. Once again, yeah, we'll yeah. revisit that after we find out where our draft pick goes this year. But uh, as of now, don't worry about that. The thing to worry about, though, I mean, definitely notice this week. Town's very sluggish. A lot of times he's not running up and down the court like he normally does. He just seems to be moving slower on the court. And most notably, been holding that left wrist a lot still. It's bandaged. He's holding it. And uh, seems like maybe he came back a little too soon. So my question, Neil, is are you worried about Towns playing hurt? Yeah, I think you have to be worried about this one. I mean, we know Towns is, you know, he's wanting to push push the boundaries as far as this goes he wants to be out there he's been out so long you know the whole you know the last 365 days he's played less than 10 NBA basketball games he wants to be out there he's sick of sitting out you know he's the type of guy who'll come back too early and you know just make you deal with it um so I think he's definitely out there still playing hurts you know I mean I think you know a lot of it's working through COVID too which is kind of tough is that hurt or is that just something you kind of have to deal with so maybe not there but yeah the wrist still wrapped up but I think he just sees no other choice the team is so bad right now he's gotta try and write that ship and try and figure this thing out so i think he's definitely playing hurt well what about you you worried or not worried towns is playing hurt i'm not worried for the time being i think a lot of what i said was conditioning issues you know him being sluggish him him moving slowly it's definitely you know he's playing uh, minutes like he's you know 100 percent back into his pre-covid shape but i just don't think he is so i think that the conditioning will get better we'll see him perform a lot better the wrist is a little concerning of course but i do think that you know we we uh, talk about how bad this team is at communicating injury news. It's like, oh yeah, Russell, sore leg, sore leg, sore leg. Actually, loose bodies, let's have injury, you know? But yeah. I will say that this team for the most part, has not rushed guys back too soon. If anything, they do the smart thing. Sometimes it bothers fans, but let's let's keep holding Jarrett Culver out until we are 100% sure he's good to go. Let's not rush him back. So I'm going to say I'm not worried for the time being. Uh, hopefully, you know, we see that wrist uh, guard go away and maybe we see him favoring the wrist less. But I just think that right now it, there's not a lot of concern on my end. All right, very nice. Next one here. The clubhouse is relying on a 19-year-old to be the mood leader. He's kind of the, you know, the the spiritual kind of, uh, you know, he's keeping the vibes going out here. We mentioned the, you know, change his face stuff with Rubio as far as Anthony Edwards goes. But is it a bad thing that uh, your rookie, uh, who's in his very first year and very first months of being in the NBA, that he apparently is like one of the big leaders that everyone's looking to out here to keep uh, keep the vibes right? Should that be something to worry about or not be worried about? 
Yeah, I'm worried about it. I mean, I do understand that, you know, there's there's some extenuating circumstances here. At obviously would probably be more of a clubhouse, you know, good mood kind of guy if he didn't just lose all these family members in the past year and have to deal with this pandemic that has killed his mother, you know, and like, I mean, we said it before, you know, going into the season, there's a lot of uh, death that was in the locker room, like Ricky understands losing parents. And Ryan understands losing parents prematurely. And I guess we said Ant even lost his parents prematurely, but uh, he's obviously not weighing him down right now. Um, so I do think that, you know, the big concern is I mean, if it's working, it's working right now. And we got to love Ant's attitude. But there's going to be a rookie wall that you run into. And then is there anyone else who's going to pick up that role from Ant who's going to, you know, make sure that the mood is still good in the locker room once Ant has a bad week or once he gets, you know, snubbed for some rookie of the week honor and he, he's upset about that so I guess the only reason I'm worried about it is that you know how consistent how much longer can we put all that weight on Ant so that's why I'm worried about it what about you Neil yeah Sam I'm worried because it just feels like they need it to be one of their best players at least right now like it sounds like it should be Towns it should be Russell and you know it should be Rubio or whoever so I think it's weird that yeah it's like yeah the young guys are helping out the the vets at this point that kind of shows you that maybe there's a little bit of you know that it's tough times and obviously you lose in many games the Wolves do there's going to be tough times no matter what so that's just a little hard to hear but you know I guess the, the silver line you know or the the flip side is that you know this is just not a good year for Towns and you can understand why leading in the locker room maybe isn't uh, the highest on his uh his list right now of things to do and to take care of just because he's had to deal with so much and been out for so long and he's stressed about even playing these games let alone like leading the worst team in the league so uh i get it i suppose but i would like to see some leadership and uh you know sort of you know some growth in the intangibles part of of towns's game in that kind of way so i'd hope it to be towns eventually but i also kind of understand but i'm a little worried about that because you like Towns to be that guy I also thought D'Lo would be a better you totally. know, mood yeah. guy in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he is. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our final thing to be worried about. Things aren't going well. This is year two of the Rosas rebuild, and uh, both years the team doesn't look like they're really ready to compete at all on an NBA level. Last in the league. And so my question is, Neil, are you worried that Rosas might make a panic trade to help save his job? Oh, Wow. I think he might be tempted, but uh, I'm not worried this year. I think he understands that. Again, kind of going off a little bit of that Doogie interview, I think he literally said, we're not going to make a trade to win a few more games. Um, so he's kind of said otherwise, but you all, you wonder because of just how much he's tinkered with his team before and how things kind of, you know, even with the whole team intact, if everyone is playing, it still doesn't seem like it's the best fit and you still seem like they probably think they should be further ahead. So you might be tempted to, uh, go ahead and, and make a trade, but at the same time, you know, I think the real value in this trade deadline is to be sellers, right? There aren't too many teams who think they're all the way out of it, unlike the Wolves, who kind of are all the way out of it, especially with the ninth and 10th seed all-star uh, playoff play-in games being uh, added this year. There's going to be way more teams who are like, oh, we're so close to the 10th seed. Let's just get this one piece or whatever. So I think hopefully he'll be smart and be more of a seller than a buyer at this trade deadline. What about you? I'm not that worried. I think that, you know, if he's feeling any pressure or, you know, he's feeling his seat get hot, 
about being worried about keeping his job. I think obviously the first domino is that you fire Ryan and that buys you some more time so you can yeah. scapegoat it on Ryan. So I don't think Rosas is that worried yet. I think he definitely, you know, has at least another year. And he doesn't seem like the guy who is making short term, you know, all in kind of moves. Plus, there's just not a lot you could do with this team right now. Like, I don't know who you would panic trade, you know, like, like besides towns or, you know, I, I don't see them like panic trading any players because who would want what we have and like well, who who is on the market right now that we could panic trade for like if we give up like five for or if we give you know like the drew holiday uh Kawhi leonard like kind of package where you give up all your firsts you know the james harden package uh, i guess we could do that for like bradley beal and that would be something but like i just i can't see what the panic trade would even be so i can't be worried about it right now yeah good point not sure who's out there for the wolves We'll see about that trade deadline. Who could you Still bring in that would even away. fix the season? You know, yeah. it's just too yeah. late. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's bring in LeBron or something. That'd be fun. Right. Uh, all right, there we go. That's worried, not worried. If Let we can know. bring in LeBron, I would be okay with giving up everything. There you go. Give it all away for give it all a year of LeBron. That's worried, not worried. Let's get to weekly wolfies. Presenting your Weekly Wolfie. All right, it's time for Weekly Wolfies. That's a weekly award called a Wolfie that we give away to good things, bad things. You can be awarded a Wolfie for pretty much any reason, but it is something that we want to take some time out of the show and highlight every single week. And so that brings us to this week. I'm going to get started because I'm excited about mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, Last night, the birth of a new meme. Oh, I love a new good Timberwolves meme, and we got a great one last night. We had Simone Jelks. I believe I'm saying that right. She is the seventh full-time female referee in league history, so... Um, congratulations to her for that. You gotta love it. And there is a great photo of overtime. There's six seconds left on the clock. Timberwolves are down by three and Malik, you know, had argued with her about a call and she said like, no, obviously. And so Malik's like turning his face away from her and she's got this great like eye roll going on. Like she's rolling her eyes at Malik. Like really, you're going to argue with the ref. Yeah. And you know, I'm pretty sure Neil will find this photo and use it as the, the photo for this episode. Cause it's a great yes. photo. And plus then you could see the photo that I'm referring to. So, uh, just I've seen a lot of great memes already. I've retweeted a couple of them, and I just think that this is going to be a really healthy meme for us for the rest of the season. So thanks to Simone Jelks for contributing to the meme economy of the Timberwolves. You need a good eye roll meme, you know, and it's just great that somehow the Wolves are involved. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And, yeah, we'll get the picture, and that'll be probably our cover photo for this show. Good one there. And now, yeah, good to know the name of uh, new referee uh, Simone Jelks. Very nice. Love to see the ladies get involved. Um, all right, cool. Very nice one there. Uh, I'm going to give uh, my Wolfie to a Twitter account that has just been killing it this season. I think they're new this season anyway. Maybe it was late last year. Um, but uh, the 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 handle is uh, Threesley, T-H-R-E-E-S-L-E-Y. We'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, they call themselves Timberwolves Talk. Um, kind of a strange name because they are really a, uh, a video clip Twitter and uh, Twitter account. And it's just been wonderful, really in-depth and quick, um, you know, clips of the game. Usually after the game is done, they'll do like a couple, three 
threads on, you know, either something the team is doing offensively or defensively or something that the pl- uh, certain players are, um, you know, doing an, a good job or a bad job at. Um, and it's just really great. Just, just great little small clips of uh, just notable things that are happening out there on the floor. Uh, they, they have under a thousand followers, so I think they're pretty new, but you got to go follow Timberwolves Talk out there because, yeah, every day you'll just get these little clips of, you know, small actions or just play sets that the team is doing to kind of familiarize yourself with that or, you know, just learn how the team is operating on offense or defense. And it's been really illuminating um, to get those little breakdowns, especially just, again, just really quickly after the games and stuff um, to kind of get some breakdowns. And, you know, it's not too nerdy X's nose, but it's just kind of, you know, giving you a good overview of what's being run out there for the team and uh, extra things to look for in future games. So check out Timberwolves Talk at Threesley on Twitter, and uh, I promise you will not be disappointed. Awesome. I'm following them tonight. Boom. There we go. You should go. follow us if you haven't, at Wolfscast, oh. at Wolfscast Pod on Instagram. Neil still hasn't been able to find that name, like Dave Ben's got his name oh. back. Who are you, at Wolfscast on Instagram? Let us know. That's right. Come on, get yeah. that name from you. Which, so. wolves, which wolves are you casting about? You know, how can you be, how can you, you know, have a more on-the-nose thing than us for that? Come on now. I mean, I'd like to think that hopefully as a podcast about real wolves or something like that, that's uh, that's happening. I mean, that would make sense, and I would be like, all right, yeah, sure, you got this. You, you are the real Wolvescast, but I want we'll that send you a Timberwolves palm hat. We That's will. Right. Yeah, we'll give you a prize pack. It'll be it'll be fun. So hit us up, um, sir or ma'am who's doing that. All right, Scott, uh time to wrap this uh, whole podcast episode up. Let's have some fun. Let's play a game. What do we have this week? Well, Neil, uh, you know, sometimes it's fun to look back at the seasons and be like, who played the most minutes for the Wolves each season? <laughs> I'm really kind of give you an idea who had the biggest impact on the team. But also interesting to me is who played the least minutes on the team every season. Oh. Uh, who's who of, uh, I remember that guy, or maybe I don't remember that guy. So what I have is five questions for you, Neil, about the past five seasons. Each answer will be a person who has played the fewest minutes on the team that season. The last five seasons. Yep, the past five seasons. Counting so we'll this get year st- or counting last Counting year? this season. Yep, this okay. counting this season. So we're going to get started. And uh, Five years ago, Thibodeau's first season as head coach. This player, who is the son of a former player of the same name, is perhaps best known for when LeBron James jumped entirely over him to dunk the basketball. Played only 11 minutes for the Timberwolves that first season of Tibbs coaching. Wow. The wow. next season, he joined Tibbs' staff as a player development coach for the Timberwolves. Do you know who this is? I believe I do. I don't remember the LeBron dunk, um, but I believe this is uh, John Lucas, right? John Lucas the third. Is that correct? That is correct. John Lucas the third. His father, John Lucas, is a player development coach with the Rockets right now. There you go. Yeah, a legendary name in the NBA world. John. That's Lucas. right. There so eleven minutes with the Wolves. One uh, Tibbs first year, fewest minutes played. Nice. All right. Question two. When Tibbs traded for Jimmy Butler, Wolves fans marveled that we also acquired the number 16 pick. Remember that? We traded Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the number 7 pick. And somehow we got Jimmy Butler and the number 16 pick back. We were like, wow, that, that's a, what a trade. So with that number 16 pick, the Wolves drafted this Creighton big man who played only four minutes for the team in the 2017-18 season. Wow, four minutes. What a star-crossed career for this guy. I'm pretty sure he's out of the league. It is Justin Patton. Yes, he's in the G League, so he's not completely out of okay. the NBA picture. But yes, that is correct. He, uh, it's funny, we acquired him in the Jimmy Butler trade, and then we sent him to the Sixers when we traded Jimmy Butler away. So I think he's in the OKC Thunder system now. I think he's playing for their G League team. 
they just didn't need to big at all. I mean, I know, you know, it's always, oh, best player available, don't draft for need. But when you get, like, a trade like this, like, in the middle of the first round, you would think that they, you know, could find somebody else here. So, I don't know. I think this, uh, it's a mistake there for Scott Layden or whoever actually made this pick. Yeah, not, not a great draft history with their time here in the Timberwolves, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, question number three. In 2018-19, this Aussie player rocking a wolf tattoo seemed like a natural fit for the team. Alas, he only played 12 minutes and is no longer in the league. Oh, man, old friend uh, Mitch Creek Light. That's correct. My hint, if you needed an extra hint, my, I have extra hints for each of these, and my hint for him was name sounds like a beer. Yeah, that's right. I, I think he played uh, with LaMelo Ball at the Illawarra Hawks. Oh, yeah, we'll I see. Right we'll have about to have that. Uh, so, Jake Painting. Only got 12 minutes with the Timberwolves, but, man, did he have a great wolf tattoo. Yeah, well, we'll have to have Jake Painting uh, correct us on that one, who's Mitch Creek play for out there in, uh, in Australia. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, two more questions. Last season, Neil, 2019-2020, this Cincinnati guard only played four minutes for the Wolves after arriving from Golden State in the D'Angelo Russell trade. We then traded him for Ed Davis. I believe it's uh, Jacob Evans. That is correct. Played only four minutes, but hey, that's four minutes more than Omri Spellman got with the Timberwolves. So <laughs> Jacob Evans, a player who is some, like I said on the podcast, really high potential rating in NBA 2K. You can like trade him for superstars and stuff, but he's never really panned out at all at the NBA level. And then finally, Neil, this year, this squad, this Kentucky guard and former Georgia Mr. Basketball was waived after violating the Iowa Wolves' health and safety protocols. He did play four minutes for the Wolves this season. Oh man, I saw this. I can't believe it. He was waved. He did another slap on the wrist from the wolves there. But uh, yes, this would be uh, young Ashton Higgins. That is correct. Five for five, Neil. You know who is getting the least minutes on the Timberwolves every season. I'm very impressed. You got to know uh, some of the worst wolves. You can't just know the best wolves. You got to know the worst wolves as well. Yeah, absolutely. That can be the most interesting sometimes. <laughs> Shout out to a wolf among wolves. I read the article. The Iowa Wolves have something cooking in the gobble by Logan Alton, and that's how I found out that uh, five wolves, uh, Iowa Wolves, got in trouble for violating the health and safety protocols. Come on, guys. Get it shaped up. This is your shot wow. to get in the league. You can't be pissing it away to go out at a bar or something. Come on. Wow, five of them. I thought it was just Ashton. Dang, that's uh, that's intense. That's, that's yeah. a lot of mistakes there. That's right. Head over to a Wolf Among the Wolves and read about how the team's doing so far. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. All right, that's the end of this episode of Wolves Cast. Appreciate everybody joining us this week. Uh, you know, with the tough news with D'Angelo Russell and the, the losses still piling up, uh, but you're here still listening to this show because you care, because you're a real fan. So we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, Scott and I had to be, um, you know, separate the, separate this week, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it back together eventually. And, uh and uh, get that popping again, but uh, I don't know, Scott. What else? What else do we need to talk about? What else do we need to say to wrap this wrap this show up this week? Hey, everybody! Um, I went on a little binge of Timberwolves podcasts. I'm listening to a bunch. So hopefully, I can talk about that in the future. Ooh. Just all kind of great podcasts that are out there. But go and check them all out. You know, we mentioned the new one, the the legs feed the wolves. We mentioned tip to tap, and obviously the Canis Hoopus Network. We've got the great uh, paint points from Jake Painting, and we've got Dane Moore's podcast, which has been a must listen to as well. So check out all the great podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and recommend it to a friend. You know, we tried. Uh, you know, we're actually really bad at self promotion. I'll just say that, like. We, we don't even show up in SEO. When you search Timberwolves podcast in like Overcast or your podcast app, 
we don't find us because we didn't put the word Timberwolves in our description of the show. So we're very bad at promoting ourselves. And basically, we rely on you for word of mouth. So tell your friends, tell your family, anyone who's interested in the Timberwolves, just let them know. Wolvescast, worth listening to. That's right. We'll be back next week with another episode of Wolvescast. We will talk to you then. Goodbye. I mean, Shabazz, Shabazz Muhammad, Anthony Peeler, J.J. Breyer, Rashad McCants, Gorky Jang, Thurl Bailey, Craig Smith, 